how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. How much do YouTubers charge for brand deals? That's a question that we answer on today's episode of the show, which is dedicated to your questions about brand deals. And we start the show by breaking down a pretty big announcement about the show. All right, if you make it to the deep end, let us know. All right, the brand deal extravaganza episode. This episode is all about your questions about brand deals. And you guys asked us a lot, which is great. And it makes sense. That is the majority of how creators make money. So Mm -hmm. I would imagine there'd be a lot of questions. Yeah, I'm excited to answer these. But first, an announcement from us. So our Discord is officially live. The link is in the description. You can join it right now. We've been talking about this launch for weeks on this show. We've been planning this out for months. It's something that we've wanted for a very long time, and it's officially live. Something that's very cool about launching a Discord is that you kind of just like, doors are open, and just like, let's see what happens. Yeah, it's not like we pull all the strings, right, when you launch a Discord, and that's what's so interesting. It's like with every member that joins, Mm -hmm. people get to make recommendations, uh, new channels get added, Mm -hmm. and there become new use cases for this community. Yeah, we've we've been chatting a lot internally and with our mods about what we want the Discord to be. And, you know, there's a certain extent where we can say, here's the channels that we think make sense. Here's the intention for the Discord. But really, it's going to be defined by all of you, the people who join it, what you find valuable in it. Now, I want to talk through, you know, some of the channels, what our intention is with it, and then actually our broader partnership with Discord. Discord has actually come on to be a sponsor of this show. And that's been a really cool journey as well and happened extremely organically. Earlier this year, we left the LinkedIn podcast network and we wanted to keep this show going and we didn't really know exactly how we wanted to monetize. You know, you guys have heard us in the past couple of weeks talk about paywalls, talked about different versions of how to bring funding to the show. And one of the first brands to reach out was Discord. They were authentic members of our community. They were listening to the show mm-hmm. and they wanted to, you know, talk to us about launching Discord. And that came at a time where we were already having those conversations internally. Yeah, that was super exciting because we were talking about having a community-based show. Yeah. One that doesn't necessarily rely on the algorithm Mm. as much as Mm. just the community coming back to this place every time. And, you know, during those early stages, we were also talking about who would be the right sponsor Mm -hmm. if we were to bring on a sponsor. Yeah. And when Discord reached out, it was like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Clearly, they were listening to that episode of the show when we're talking about having a community-based place for our audience. There's a, uh, there's a really great Seth Godin quote that um, I've been thinking about a lot recently. And it's, a group needs only two things to become a tribe, a shared interest and a way to communicate. And I think something that's really interesting about this community is like, we all have a shared interest, mm-hmm. right? We're all creators. We're all interested in expressing ourselves on the internet, making YouTube videos, you know, growing our platforms, expressing our creativity and a way to communicate. Now there's many ways to communicate on the internet. Mm-hmm. There's YouTube comments. You can leave a comment on this video. You can tweet at us. 
Um, you can post in our subreddit. There's a lot of different ways to communicate. But the one thing that I think was missing from our communication was a way for the community to talk to each other mm -hmm. and to do that in curated ways, like in, in specific environments where we were noticing that, you know, if you guys send us a question and if we don't answer it on the show, you know, there's a possibility the question doesn't get answered. But the opportunity now that we have this Discord server is we have a channel dedicated to creator support questions. That's going to be the primary place where we pull questions for this show now. So if you join the Discord server, you want to ask a question, you can do a video question in there. You can also do a text-based question. But the opportunity is that if you're in the server and you have the answer to that question, you can actually pop in and answer it. So the hope is that you know, if we can't get to all the questions on the show, there can be an ongoing conversation in the Discord server asking questions, answering them, sharing insights, talking about what's going on in the world of creators. And that can be happening now in between our uploads. It can be happening on a more regular basis and it can happen between all of you. I think that's what's really cool is that it can happen uh, in an active way where mm -hmm. people can meet in the Discord and actually chat back and forth. You're not gonna get into a conversation in the YouTube comments where you're like, oh, this person happens to be on YouTube at the same time that I'm on YouTube and they're yep. responding to me in real time. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. You put out a YouTube video, people comment on it. And then when the next YouTube video comes out, that video is kind of like old news for the community, mm -hmm. at least. Right. It's not an active spot. Yeah. So that's what's really exciting for me here is that people can actually like meet and interact. Yeah. Uh, and we're also going to be doing other things with it. Like with Discord, you can go live. Yeah. Right? We're going to be doing a live AMA mm -hmm. in there. That's going to happen on Monday, 3 p.m. Pacific. If you join the Discord, you'll get the invite. You can see the event there. Um, so we, yeah, we can use voice, video. We can go live. There's mm -hmm. so many different ways for us to engage with the community on Discord. There's a lot of communities that exist on Discord. And I think joining some of those and engaging with creators on Discord has been you know, a huge part of the past couple of years of us even building relationships with creators, mm -hmm. getting a pulse of what you know, different communities are like on the internet. Like when we you know, were exploring different niche worlds, typically you turn to Discord to see what the most engaged version of that community is and mm -hmm. what the conversation is. So a lot of this is also part of our strategy and our you know, philosophy that the next chapter of the creator economy is about depth. Mm -hmm. It's depth within your audience, depth within your community. It's saying, hey, here, here's these like, you know, big viral moments that do sometimes happen on YouTube. Those are exciting. Mm -hmm. But what's really impactful for us is building a deep connection with a community. Mm -hmm. And that's what launching Discord is all about for us. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge too our subreddit, yeah. uh, which has given us the majority of the questions up to this mm -hmm. point uh, for creator support. And I think that still is an amazing place for the democratic voice of a singular group of people. For sure. Right. Because of the upvotes, you can post a thread there yeah. and a month later, a post could gain traction. And that's mm -hmm. like, what people want to know the yeah. most. But I think with Discord, we have this opportunity to be so more, so much more multi-dimensional yeah. with like how we can interact with the community and how they can interact with each other. I think there's one core difference between the two right now. And I want the subreddit to always be, you know, the, the, it wasn't created by us. That was created by, organically by our audience. Mm -hmm. The Discord is made by us. You know, the moderators are on our team. Our team members will be in there. It's an official Colin and Samir environment. That is a primary difference, right? We will be more engaged and active in our Discord server. Um, that's where we will hang out. And, you know, I think that is something that we talk about when it comes to permission-based environments too, mm -hmm. where it's like, here's an environment. If you want to join, 
you join and now we have permission to, you know, engage with you. We have permission to host events there. We have all this interesting opportunity that sometimes algorithmic based environments don't afford us. Mm -hmm. Like on YouTube with a thumbnail, we're trying to interrupt you. We're trying to be like, hey, hey, hey stop. Look at this. Come over here. So even yep. if you subscribe to us on YouTube, you're not necessarily always going to get our content or engage with us. Mm -hmm. But if you join the Discord, then you're inside of an environment where you're saying, hey, I'd like to sign up to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And I've got something I want to say that I want to contribute. Yeah. Yeah. So the link is in the description. You can join the Discord. And one thing that we want to urge you guys to do, go into the introductions channel and introduce yourself. If you want to do it through a video, I think that would be really fun. Mm -hmm. Like a 60 second video of like, here's who I am. Here's where I live. Here's the type of content I make. That would be awesome. And if you guys do make a video, I think we'll pick out our favorites and uh, spotlight them on the show. Right? Yeah. So we have an introductions channel that you can pop into. We also have a gripes channel. Helpful for you guys. If you guys could add some gripes into that. I because added, I haven't had a gripe in no, you've at least three to four weeks. Yeah, yeah. 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 Life's been too good for gripes. Too good for you. <laughs> but now I really want some gripes. So please. There's also server suggestions. So if you get into the server and you're like, hmm, I want to see this channel, then you can pop those in there. Um, we have thumbnail feedback and video feedback. What we want to ask is that if you if you want to get feedback, be an active participant of those channels. Give feedback to people. You know, like I think that's that's a really important part of being a part of this community is like be there to get advice, but also be there to give advice. We have creator news. We have Colin and Smear episodes. We have creator spotlight, which is going to be a really cool channel where if you have a creator that you feel like we should know about or the community should know about, pop them in here. Um, and then we have video suggestions. So if you want to guide us in a direction of like, hey, I want this topic to be covered or this creator to be interviewed on Colin and Samir's show, put that in there. This is something that we say a lot, which is creators build content with their audiences, not for them. And this is our first step in that direction to truly take that into consideration and build an environment where that can happen. So that is our intention with the Discord. Now, the, the Discord does what the Discord wants. The Discord does what the, what did you say? What the Discord, the Discord does what the Discord, well, I'm just saying That's like a once, tagline you, for once the you let it out of the cage, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, loose. Yeah, yeah, it's loose. Here we go. Yeah. Let's see what happens. We'll see you at the AMA, you know, 3 p.m. on Monday. So join the Discord. Link is in the description. And thank you so much to Discord for partnering with us on this. You're going to see them show up not only on this channel, but also on the main channel. We'll be doing some events with Discord. Um, just have a really great deep partnership with them. They're authentic members of this community, and I think they, uh, they're they really ushering in the future of the creator economy. So appreciate the support. Now for some creator support for all of you. Question one. Okay, this first brand deal related question comes from YouTube from Kiana L. Bandy. It's probably not how you say that name. We will find out. Hey, Colin and Samir, I'm an up-and-coming creator, and I would love some insight from you guys in the world of navigating and negotiating brand deals. I know you guys are very experienced in this subject matter, and I want to know how it looked for you guys in different stages of your YouTube career. It's a good question. I think we can speak a bit in, you know, broad strokes of the different eras, but what I will say is that there's two forms of brand deals, inbound and outbound. Now, Inbound brand deals means the brand is reaching out to you. And an outbound brand deal is you reaching out to the brand. So those are like the two forms of communication. And what's really interesting is that as you start creating, typically if you're making something of you know value to a specific audience and the audience starts growing, you will start getting inbound. And 
you know, inbound can look like many different forms. It could be an agency reaching out saying, hey, we represent brands. It can be uh, a brand itself reaching out. Um, but those inbound brand deals typically inform you of like what the market is. Um, outbound is when you like package up your own thing and you're like, hey, these are the types of sponsorships I sell and I want to go out to a brand. We tried going outbound quite a bit when we first started. We tried pitching to brands. But the thing that, you know, we noticed is that to go outbound, you you do need to kind of have a a presence. An audience. Yeah, I think at that time, we thought the idea could win out over the audience. Yeah. Right? We would come up with somewhat elaborate pitches for videos that we could make for the brand on our channel. Yeah. And even if they liked the idea, that's not what was interesting to them. Right? We, we had yet to define our audience, really. Right. Our earliest inbound was actually gifting. Yeah, it was and gifting. Specifically, it was Felix Gray sunglasses. Blue light glasses. Blue light glasses. Yeah. And they said, we'll give you uh, a couple pairs mm -hmm. if you make a video about these. And we said yes. Mm -hmm. And the value there was us being able to figure out what is it like for us to even integrate a brand mm -hmm. on this new channel? Do we like the experience? Does our audience resonate with it? And we learned a lot from that experience of putting out that video because yeah. we dedicated the entire video to that brand. Which we is spent, not what they asked. Not yeah. what they asked. Yeah. We spent a ton of time making a video essay about blue light glasses <laughs> that we did not need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we learned a little bit moving forward that, and also the ad market changed. Yeah. We came from a place of like, you got to make a custom video for mm -hmm. a brand. Uh, and we learned from that. So what is a brand deal, right? A brand deal is a brand paying you money to access your audience. That's what's happening. You know, that's a very important concept to understand is that the value for them is to say, hey, I have a message. I'd like to use your content or travel alongside your content to your audience to deliver mm -hmm. that message. So that means the audience has to be so specific that the brand understands why they would, why it would be valuable for them to reach that audience. Um, and that's why what we noticed is that very specific, as our audience got more and more specific, our inbound got more and more specific, mm -hmm. right? Like when you first started, it was like, okay, these guys are pretty good at making videos. Here's some blue light glasses. Can you guys make a video with those? Yeah. And then I think the next brand we worked with was Skillshare. I think that deal was $800. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, that's like general. Okay, they have an audience you know, of people who are online, they might want to learn. Okay, Skillshare. But, but at that time, I would say Skillshare probably would have taken anyone with a similar audience. Exactly. They, they might not have even known it was us. Yeah, right? that probably came yeah. through an agency yeah. and then got split up amongst a bunch mm -hmm. of creators and we were yeah. some creators that ended up in that deal. And so as we got more and more and more defined of who our audience was and our audience grew, once our audience was so defined that it was like, hey, this is... We are speaking to creators. We are speaking to online creators. We're speaking to people like us, people who make YouTube videos. Then all of a sudden, the brands that started reaching out were much more specific to that. Storyblocks. Is, is there a moment in time? Yeah, what yeah, moment story was blocks. that for us? I think it was Storyblocks. Storyblocks and Musicbed, two brands that were really looking to say, hey, YouTube creators, here's a library of stock footage that you can use you know, for your videos. And Musicbed, hey, here's a um, music library that you can use for your videos. Those two brands, I remember, was a turning point, an inflection point for us where it was like, oh, they understand what type of content we're making, so our inbound has now changed. So that's 2018, 2019. That was probably 2018, 2019. Yeah, yeah. and that's when our deals started to get into like the 
one to $4,000 range for mm-hmm. a video. And, you know, even with a small audience, we were valued high because the audience was specific. So that's like my number one piece of advice for creators is specify the audience mm-hmm. because if the audience is specific, then the advertisers become specific. And the more specific the audience, the more valuable you are to the advertiser. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's like a very simple concept in advertising, but our evolution and our different stages have gone from like, you know, mostly, uh, you know, outbound with nothing working to, you know, a slow ramp up of inbound gifting, small deals, more specific deals, audience growing and audience getting more specified, which means bigger and bigger deals, mm-hmm. right? Which, which are primarily inbound now, uh, which is great. Yep. You know, and we get to react to that. Or if we have something that we're like, hey, we use this product, we want to reach out to that brand, then we can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Savvy Tanjil says, love to watch a video about how much YouTubers charge for brand deals. So there's a couple different philosophies when it comes to charging. I'll just speak right now of like some of the highest rates I've seen. Some of the top tier creators are charging in the hundreds of thousands of dollars for a brand integration. So the product being like a 60 to 90 second integration um, into their video could trade at like anywhere between 200 and $400,000. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. When compared to television advertising, it's not that much, um, but it's a lot of money because these are online creators. They, their cost of production is lower but their reach and their influence is really impactful, especially in that when you're, when you're in like the 10 million plus view range. Now that can range all the way down to, you know, like $50,000 depending on the brand and the audience fit. That audience fit is really important. Um, when we first started kind of going outbound and developing our own media kit, meaning in the era of like the Colin and Samir show, once the show was defined and the audience was defined and we had more, creator economy specific um, opportunities, how we defined our pricing, how we figured that out was we said, what's going out? Meaning what's going out of our bank account? I wrote down in a very simple Google Excel sheet or Google spreadsheet, just like how much money did it cost for us to exist? Like how much money did each of us need? How much money was it for our rent? How much money were we spending on equipment, software, all of that? And then how much money needed to come in to cover that expense? And then how much money did we need to make a profit? So let's say we wanted to make like a 40% profit. So that was like, you know, the base premise of our pricing philosophy. And I think that ended up being like $5,000 in integration is where we got to. Mm -hmm. And we just went out the gates and said, let's, we need to be pitching that in the market to see if anyone agrees to that. Is that actually our value? Because when you're out, pitching brands and when brands are reacting to pricing, that's the only way you're really going to know if that Mm -hmm. is your price. Yeah. You're really worth how much someone says yes to. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of whether you're a freelancer or you're a creator or whatever, like whatever you accept and what they accept is your worth. Yeah. Right. And there are, there are other math equations. CPMs, right. Is a math equation, which is cost per thousand views. That's how YouTube pays you mm-hmm. on YouTube AdSense. There's CPA, which is cost per acquisition, which we never really did any of those deals, which means like we do an ad. If X amount of people sign up for your service, then you pay us X amount. We mm-hmm. never did those deals. We just said, hey, this is our flat rate. And another thing we did is say, we sell these in packages of three. 
And essentially why we did that was we said, you know, if you're buying across three episodes, then the aggregate performance of that is what you're buying. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a one-off because there's so many factors when it comes to YouTube, right? There's so many different factors. There's, you know, the algorithm, there's just other world events, there's all kinds of things. So buying across three, we felt like was the, the right entry point for brands to get in and actually see if they were a good fit with us. Yeah, and that's also thinking with the brand in mind because if a brand comes in and they buy one video, again, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You may hit it out of the park with that video, you may not. Yeah. If they buy three, there's a better chance that maybe one of those videos will hit mm -hmm. in a way that completely outperforms the other two and then the brand is in a great position. Yeah. And now as a creator, you've also given that brand a great experience. Mm -hmm. Whereas if they were to buy one, yeah. And it didn't go that well from a viewership perspective. Yeah. They may never buy with you again. So that brings up a really important point of like brand deal philosophy as creators. As a creator, you, you as you're getting involved with a brand, you need to authentically care about the outcome of the integration. That's a very important thing. You know, you do need to care about what happens. Like, is this the right call to action? Is this the right, you know, messaging? Can we work together to make something more creative? Like being invested in that process is really important. That's what would get you into the, you know, when we just talked about like creators who are making, you know, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars on a brand deal, that's what gets you there mm -hmm. is being the person who takes pride in the brand integration, who understands and empathizes with what the outcome is that the brand is trying to get to. Mm -hmm. And if that's actually a right fit for you. So if you're, if you are that type of creator who can like step into that. That's, that's where there's a lot of room to grow because this like the, the like brand deals are a product that you're selling, mm -hmm. you know, and you have to deeply care about that product. And you're doing work for another company. Yeah. It may be on your platform, right? But you're spending hours of your life to work for someone else's company during that time. Yeah. Right. So it does matter that you care somewhat about mm -hmm. that company. Now in the early innings of being a creator, brands will come out of the woodwork that you've never heard of. Right. It's definitely your job to understand the brand, decide if it's right for your audience, if you care about it. But there are creators, right, who do brand deals early because the brand came, like you said, like inbound. Mm -hmm. Not because there was like some dying passion to work for that brand. Right. But it represents an opportunity for creators, smaller creators, to turn this passion into a career. Yeah. And I think as you grow as a creator, you have more leverage. Mm -hmm. And you have more of an opportunity to decide which brands you want to work with that you truly are passionate about, that you believe in, that you're interested in spending your time working for. Yeah. You know? You you really only get afforded that opportunity as things get a little bit more stable. You know, that, mm -hmm. that's my perspective, especially, it, and that's one of the reasons to not, you know, bet the house on your YouTube channel, yeah. which is what we did. Yeah. You know, like we, we were You're like- left without many options. We, we were like- here we go. We're all in on this YouTube channel. It needs to provide for us. And that gets you in a position where it's very hard to say no to brand deals. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to quote Victoria Paris right. from our show. She said, you are what you say no to. I thought it was like mm. such a fantastic quote. And she was talking about brand partnerships. She's like, your brand is defined by what you say no to. And you want to be in a position where if someone offers you something, but it's not a good fit, you can say no. Because the whole thing, this whole career is predicated on trust. Where it's like, 
do you, the audience, you know, trust that this show is going to provide the value that we promise? And if so, then anything we put in this show needs to deliver on that value. That includes sponsors, right? Mm -hmm. We say no to sponsorships because we don't believe they will provide value to our audience. And we say yes to sponsorships when we can build something that does provide value or mm -hmm. information that provides value um, so that our sponsorships are value additive to the content we're creating. Yep. That's not always possible. There's, there, it's, it's just not always possible, but that's our philosophy and how we are building. Mm -hmm. That is a limiting thing to do from a business perspective, but we believe that in the long term, that's, that is the right move. That is just how we feel comfortable doing brand partnerships. Mm -hmm. So I do think you want to be in a position to, to be selective. So originally the question here was, how much do YouTubers charge for brand deals? Mm -hmm. The one thing I'll add there is that I did find it helpful to work with agencies. Good call. Like yeah. Space Station Integrations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who worked with us early mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Uh, now UTA. Yeah. Like they are seeing so many more deals in the marketplace. Yep. And have so much more of a reference for uh, what is the right rate or what's possible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even with our success now, what you see is that there's also companies in different financial positions, yeah. right? Who like, I don't think rates will ever be one specific rate for all of time. Yeah, There's always like a low end and a high end, depending on who that brand is, what they're interested in, how much the audience fits mm -hmm. with you, right? Totally. And I think working with agencies has um, allowed us to trust the rates more yeah, because they see more. It informs you what else is going on. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, if you can pitch them a rate that you want and you could be like, I want to make $100,000 per brand deal. And they could be like, that is just not possible. You know, yeah. you have 5,000 subscribers. It's just, we've never seen that deal happen in the market. Mm -hmm. So they can tell you what like your fair market value is. Like what's happening in the marketplace yeah. that you know, is similar to where you're, you stand. That mm -hmm. was really helpful. But we would workshop stuff with, with and whoever represents us at whatever, you know, stage in our career, which again, like you said, started with us working with Space Station, you know, worked into us working internally with our team um, and specifically with our team now that runs the newsletter um, group and then getting represented by UTA. That, like every step of the way, there's people who we get to workshop this stuff with. Like don't don't just be alone in a in a silo. You can also chat with other creators about this. Mm -hmm. That's a really helpful thing to do too uh, in terms of how much to charge. Okay, this comes from Brett Coleman. It says, question for next week. Love the show. Thanks, Brett. What's the best way to approach big game hunting when it comes to selling sponsors? I usually have no trouble selling individual episodes to sponsors, but overarching long-term deals or title sponsorships or ambassadorships like the deal you guys got with Samsung are much harder to land. Is your approach different when trying to pitch that to a brand? I've never heard this described as big game hunting. Mm -hmm. Someone offered us to go fishing after last week's episode. Why? What did we say? Have the, we responded? The whole, the whole beginning was about the... Uh, no, I, yeah, no, no, I'm oh, saying, oh. what if we... I'm not not interested. Did you respond? No. I didn't respond. Hmm, okay. I'm just telling you the, the offer. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll bring that into our next meeting. Great. Or or we'll workshop it with the Discord community. Should we go Should fishing we go with fishing? this person? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think to call it big game hunting yeah. is interesting because uh, you've said this before, but I don't know if I can bring this back to hunting because I don't hunt. Yeah. But let's just see here. Okay. Let's uh, see what you got. You've said that, you know, it can take just as much work 
to land a $100,000 deal yeah. as it can take to land a $5,000 or mm-hmm. $1,000 deal or something like mm-hmm. that. I would imagine if you're a hunter, <laughs> it could take just as much work yeah. to hunt and capture a smaller animal sure, sure. than it would or, or than a larger, I'm lost here. Yeah, but you know yeah. what I'm no, saying? No, no, it's no. like, you, it could you, be the same I, effort to get a I'm, bigger deal. I'm just going to say, I don't, in my experience, it's not hunting. This is a guy who hasn't yeah, hunted. Yeah, yeah, it's not hunting. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, these things happen very organically. Yeah, it's not like, hunting. They happen, again, I want to come back to the word trust. Like, as creators, I, I want everyone to think about the concept of trust. Like, for me to enter into a long-term relationship with anyone, I need to trust them. And that comes from repetition and experience. Like, if you do get the opportunity to do a one-off deal with a brand you really think would be a great fit, you should deliver on that in a way that allows for the conversation to go further, mm-hmm. right? Like you should be very involved and you should deliver on it. When when you finish the brand deal, you should maybe follow up with them and say, hey, here's how it went. Here's the wrap up, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what my community is saying. That worked really well for me. How did that go for you? Does that, did that work for you? What if we did this on a more long-term basis? What if it was, you know, this type of creative every month? you have to kind of paint that that vision and it has to be authentic to what you what your mission is the thing that we've noticed is we call this value prop alignment so our value is to educate and empower the next generation of creators so what we look for is we write down what brands share that same value and most likely you're very aware of them because that's your mission that's your value that's our mission and our value so we end up be coming into contact with these brands, yeah. right? You that may sh- already use the brands. Yeah, right? you, like, exactly. Yeah. So if if you're like, you know, maybe you're you're you want to make the world of cooking more accessible, it, that's your value prop. I would, you know, take a sheet of paper out and be like, what brands am I really looking at that are doing the thing I'm really excited about too? What mm-hmm. brands are making cooking more accessible? And then when you find those brands, there's a more likelihood that you could enter into a long term relationship because they share the same mission as you. Mm-hmm. That's that's where you need to get. But any brand that, you know, this probably won't happen that often, but any brand that would come to you and want to do a year-long deal immediately, having not talked or worked with you at all, is something I would be hesitant to get straight into, mm-hmm. right? Because you have no idea uh, how it actually is to yeah. work with that brand. And you could end up in a year-long deal that is extremely difficult, True, right? Where every video, every integration is really hard. There's a lot of feedback mm-hmm. back and forth. Um, you just never know. And you want to make sure that you can trust that the people at the brand, uh, are people you want to be working with. Yeah. Long-term. Agreed. Yeah. That's, that's a really, it's a, it's a relationship like it's, and it's a long-term one. So you yeah. have to be comfortable with engaging. I mean, imagine with if you went on a first date and someone was like, I'm going to spend the next year together. Right. You'd be like, you're like, oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. Let's go. We on just maybe. met. Yeah. Let's date before we get let's, married. Exactly. Yeah. So um, next question is from Mr. S'more. How on earth do you even get brand deals? I have a gaming channel with 50,000 subs, averaging 300,000 to 500,000 views a video, with my most watched video, all long form, having 1.5 million views, but struggle to get any brand deals. I don't know if I should hire someone or just wait a bit longer. That way brands think I'm a reliable channel because I've only been doing this for two months. Well, Trust. Yeah, trust. There you go. So that last point is super important. Yeah. Because the numbers are good. Like that's yeah. those clearly those are great numbers. Yeah. Average viewership is mm-hmm. totally worthy of an integration there. Um, but if you've only been doing it for two months, yeah. You know, brands, you know, even YouTube 
needs to know that you'll be around on a consistent basis uh, for them to really pay you well with their yeah, yeah. advertising platform, right? Like it takes time. Yeah. For and that's, that's a bit trust. like, you know, that's a bit of a hypothesis from us. I don't think we can say that with certainty, but our hypothesis is that YouTube, you know, like, like any other business would reward consistency. We would think so. Yeah. yeah. Like any shop, right? Like any restaurant totally. even, uh, they're not going to be a hit from the first month or the yeah. first two months. Like people over time need to trust it. But yeah, trust is based on consistency. Like, how consistent are you? So yeah, only doing it for two months is important, but I, I would probably try and reach out to yeah. some agencies or, you know, management companies because I do think it's a, I do think having representation, you know, while you, while you end up paying commission to them, right? So you, you're making less money, but you outsource this, this entire part of making this a career that you might not even be capable of doing, mm -hmm. nor is it, does it make sense for you to spend your time on that? So I think having representation is really helpful, especially in the beginning. You need to focus on how to go, like you're averaging 300 to 500,000 views a video. That's fantastic. Keep doing that and grow that mm -hmm. and let someone else figure out, you know, if there's deals that you want to make and you can hand them a sheet of paper that says, these are the types of brands I want to work with. These are the types of integrations I want to do, you know? And if you have a day job or you have something else that's paying the bills, keep that. Yeah. Keep that until the brands you want to work with are coming in the door. That might take more than two months. Might take a year. Mm -hmm. Might take two years. You know, like let the channel become something before you you get too integrated with with brand deals. This creator also may uh, find that there are brands that want to be involved with them from the early stages. Mm -hmm. That want to sort of grow with them, grow with them, and bet on them. You know, for you and I, Samsung and Storyblocks were the first two brands to say, hey, like we we are aligned with your value prop mm -hmm. and we are betting that over the next year you will grow and we want to help support that growth. Yep. And this is a really opportune time to find that type of brand. Totally. Cobra the Knight on Twitter. Oftentimes, brand deals feel like the creator unenthusiastically reading a script. Do you ever get full creative control over an ad spot? Also, do you vet the brands before partnering? I hope. Okay, so a couple different points here. Y yeah, so, like oftentimes brand deals do feel like a creator just reading a script. That does happen. Mm -hmm. um, I think that comes back to like taking pride in the product of a brand deal and also the relationship with that brand. Mm -hmm. The one thing is like it's, we are on the phone with every brand we work with. We engage with the human beings at the brand. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing to do. So you have that connection. And we, we've we been doing this for, you know, over a decade. So, like, we have an understanding of what their job is, too. You know, what are they trying to to do? And then I also feel very protective over our audience. I don't really – I, I want to make sure that, like, the brand's intentions of reaching our audience are pure – and match our intentions. So our enthusiasm towards brand deals typically comes from enthusiasm, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, um, it's not easy. As a creator, you have, to, you, you have to pay your bills, you have to monetize, and sponsorships is how you monetize. Mm -hmm. To do it in a way where you're excited about every single one is a challenge. You have to build your whole infrastructure around saying no. Yeah, and I, you know, some creators, though, have high-volume advertising yeah. um, 
they do lots of advertisers like, as opposed like, to yeah like, like podcasts, podcasts right yeah. like there are some podcasts where they're working with 30 advertisers in a totally, year yeah it's much harder to be on the phone with the people at the yeah, brands that's true. that's true and to scroll through all those scripts mm-hmm. i think the creators that do that best are the ones that maintain their personality throughout the scripts they change them they alter them they don't just read them yeah right so i think you have to do whatever you think you can do to make it in your voice, to keep it mm-hmm. your own. And I would make sure that audiences understand or hope that audiences understand that there are some brands that creators are working with for the first time that give no leeway, Yeah, that are afraid of, of changing the script or don't want to change the script. And it just comes out the way it comes out because that's it. It's either you do the deal like that or you, mm-hmm. you don't. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think it's important to understand that too, that that's why some creators have maybe unenthusiastic yeah, totally. sounding totally. brand deals. Yeah. One, one way that, again, we've afforded ourselves this opportunity. So I don't want to speak for, cause I, I want to like respect the different stages of being a creator. Cause it hasn't always been like this, but we are now in the unique opportunity where we get to work with fewer brands and have deeper relationships with them. Mm-hmm. So that makes us enthusiastic about the brands. Cause also like when we send a, a brand deal for review, we're sending it to someone we know. Mm-hmm. We want them to be excited, right? We want we want the relationship to grow. And we want it to be, like, we want uh, ourselves to deliver a good product, not only to them, to our audience. Like, so that relationship matters. And I agree, like, some high-volume brand deal products, like a podcast that has six spots in it, that's a different style, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know. that. Like, I think some people do it in their own voice and like Cody Co and Noel Miller. Mm-hmm. I think they do it they do it well in their own voice. I think Smartless. Smartless does a great job. They do a great job doing that in their own voice and and um I think, you know, again, saying like this is how I do it is a really important thing, but that takes practice. Yeah. That takes a lot of practice. If you've never done a brand deal, you don't even know how you do how you how to do it. So there's this weird thing that like we would we have had times where we've practiced brand deals. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I think that's an important thing to do. Like, how do you practice? Maybe it's just like you integrate your own thing. If you have a newsletter or if you have a merch site, like you do your own brand deal. So you're like, how would I integrate this? How would I break the flow yeah. of the story yeah, and the video to talk about to something talk about this. somewhat related, but mm-hmm. not something that contributes or adds fully to the story? Yeah. Totally. It's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time this comes out, we will have already done our, um, performance at YouTube Brandcast, Mm -hmm. but we got a text from the YouTube team with this photo of us at the Lincoln Center. Mm -hmm. And I just want to bring up that that, it like made me very emotional. Yeah. You said you cried. I I, I, like, I got choked up. I don't know where it came from, but I like looked at this and I thought, and even in this conversation about brand deals, it's like bringing back these memories of growing as a creator. And I was just like. I, there was a time where I didn't know if this was going to happen. You know, like I didn't know if we were going to mm-hmm. make it on YouTube, quote unquote, in in our terms. Um, and seeing that, like like a photo of us at the Lincoln Center, it, and like the fact that there we work so closely with YouTube now and get to go on stage and talk about YouTube, it's just like whoa! Yeah, it's uh, out of body experience. It's an out of body experience, yeah. and. Um, Obviously, that has a lot to do with with the people listening and watching. So I I want to acknowledge that. Um, but man, I just wanted to bring that up. Like, yeah, it is kind of like, crazy. I mean, I think even 
the opportunity to even speak in public on their behalf on some of these stages yeah. is something, you know, not only that would have surprised me had you told me three or four years ago, but would have terrified me. Right. And now I'm like, oh yeah, this is exciting. I can't wait to be mm-hmm. up on stage. It'll be super fun. Totally. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, just back to the conversation about like how you vet brands. We did an interview with Tim Ferriss. That's going to come out on the main channel. I've never heard someone talk about brand partnerships the way that Tim Ferriss talks about them. That man can vet a brand. (laughs) Like we talk about vetting brands. Tim Ferriss gave the guide to do it. Guy lives it. Yeah. He gave a lot of guidance on how to actually build a sponsorship-based business. So, you know, that will come out over the next couple of weeks. Uh, When that comes out, I would urge everyone who's listening and watching to check that episode out and and have your like notebook ready. Because when I was in that conversation, I was like, oh my God, this is some of the most valuable information yeah. I've heard. And and even now listening back to it, I'm like, I have the same feeling. I'm like, yeah. this is so incredibly valuable. So that gives a very good understanding of how to vet a brand. Um, but again, that that isn't so much of a reality if you have a system where you have to say yes to every brand deal. So you got to put yourself in that position. Can I share a brand deal related gripe? Yeah, of course. So that's where we are. We're in the deep end. Great. Oh, we're in it? Of course I we are. I didn't even realize. Yeah. Let me jump in. Now you're in. All right. Okay, here we go. Great. Um, Okay. This happens to us multiple times a week. Okay. And it happens to most creators. What is it? The email that Mm. comes into your inbox. Uh, I saw it this morning. Yeah. And it says, dear creator. Or dear influencer. Or dear influencer. Sometimes I I like when it says dear influencer because I never think of myself as an influencer. Yeah. And I think influencer, like that term is like you dress well, you take cool photos of yourself. Interesting. You're attractive. So I'm like- yeah, I am an influencer. You've been influenced. <laughs> but I just, I, I hate saw that when this the, morning. the yeah. auto response oh, the email worst. comes through, but there's not a chance that there's an actual human on the other end. No. They have no idea. They don't watch your videos, but there's just this like spray going on yeah, of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. dear creator slash sir or madam. Yeah, yeah, If yeah. you are of any, it's always like weird English. It's yeah. like, of, if you're of interest and yeah. would like, we'll send you this. $5,000. Yeah. And you're like, this feels strange. Yeah, I would heavily watch out for those. Yeah. Like, just do not engage. That That is like, I just wouldn't get involved in that. You got I, any uh, brand deal related gripes? Um, okay, another one. Yeah. This is more of like something to watch out for. Okay. But when, and this actually is more on creators to make sure they read the contracts. But it's more of like, when you do a brand deal and you don't realize that there's language in it that mm-hmm. allows them to take the brand deal and use it in perpetuity wherever they want. Yep. So three years later, you're scrolling and you're like, is that me yeah, yeah, yeah. advertising <laughs> for that brand from 2017? Yes. Like, what? That is a uh, that is something that happens. That and happens. That, that's related to a question we got. Uh, is there a standard rate for usage licensing and exclusivity and how do they vary across platforms? That's a good question from at hello Vivian. There's not really standard, but I would say that that there's like very important things to look out for in brand deals. Number one is going to be deliverables. What are the deliverables? That's like very important. That could Mm -hmm. be like three integrations into your show, or it could be uh, an integration and a cut down for Instagram. Like there's going to be deliverables, right? The next thing is usage. What is the brand going to use this content for? Is it just for usage in your content or do they actually have access to use it for something that could be like they could run it as an Instagram ad? Could they put it on TV? Could they put it on TV, which is a possibility. Could they put it on their own website? 
How are they going to use what you've just made? Mm -hmm. That's really important. All of which you can charge for, charge mm -hmm. extra for. Yeah, exactly. The next line is um, exclusivity. So is there any exclusivity related to this? Uh, if there is, I would always have that as a line item. Like you, you, that's if, okay, if your rate is $5,000 for a 60 second integration, but they want exclusivity, then you got to charge for that too. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's an important thing because that means you're cutting off other potential products yep. uh, or potential advertisers. Um, the next thing is term and termination. So term, meaning like how long does this contract last for? Um, termination, like in what ways could they terminate the agreement and what ways could you if something happens or something needs to happen? And the last thing is schedule. And that means like payment schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, like when do you get paid? Is it upon signing the agreement? Is it upon... 30 days after you complete the integration? Is it once the video goes live? You want to be really clear on those things. So that's deliverables, usage, exclusivity, term, termination, schedule. Write that down. You know what's a great contract term what? for brand deals? Force majeure. Mm. Which I did not I know about. I love a good force majeure I love a good clause. force majeure yeah. clause, <laughs> which I only learned about in the pandemic. During the pandemic. Which is yeah, this clause yeah, that yeah. says like, this contract can be terminated <laughs> If like an act of God or natural something, disaster. a natural disaster yeah, yeah. or something completely out of the company's, like both parties control takes or place. like a global pandemic. Like a global pandemic. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I remember you and I being so frightened. Yeah. Because we had just gotten our Samsung deal. Yep. That like saved our company. And yeah, we were yeah, like, yeah. have you heard of this force majeure <laughs> yeah, clause? Yeah, totally, like this could totally. be it. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. Luckily for us, every brand honored their yeah. agreements, which mm -hmm. was really cool during yeah. that time. That was great. Um, well, Cool. There are a lot of questions that we did not get to here. Yeah. And again, part of the concept of us launching the Discord is that if you have more questions about brand partnerships, how they work, you can ask those in the Discord. If you have questions about anything else, like how long is Colin going to wear this jumpsuit for? You can ask that in the Discord. The answer is forever, but... But you can ask it. But you can ask you it. You can ask yeah. it, yeah. Also, I'll say that in the Gripes channel, I left a, yeah. an exclusive. Uh, an exclusive Gripe? Yeah. Wow. So did you. Yeah. There's two. We each left an exclusive Gripe in the Gripes channel. Well, we will see you in the Discord. Click the link in the description, join the Discord, ask some questions, give some feedback, post your thumbnails. We'd love to hang out with you guys there. And again, we're doing an AMA on Monday. So we'll be live. We'll be live on a stage. You guys can interact with us. You can interact with each other. We're really excited to see where the Discord goes. And thank you so much to the team at Discord for supporting this show. It means a lot to us that you guys have been a part of our community and have been workshopping this partnership with us. Um, it's truly awesome. We're excited for everything to come. Join the Discord. We'll see you there.